The, the myth about sailors is not a myth. <laughs> <laughs> At least from your experience. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to the first episode of Trans Hampton. It's a podcast by Trans Pride Southampton. Uh, we're currently recording this through Discord and everything, and it's really stupid to be able to actually do. We've been trying to set up for the past half an hour or so. I'm your, well, one of your hosts, uh, Sam, uh, she, her pronouns. Um, if we go through with Aoife first. Hello, I am Aoife. I use she, they pronouns. Hi, my name is Mabel. I use she, her pronouns. Hi, I'm Ola, and I use she, her pronouns. So yeah, we've got a lot of she, her pronouns in, in this podcast and everything, um, but we're going to be going through several different topics. We have asked you for some topics on our Trans Pride Southampton uh, Facebook and Instagram. We will probably be asking for more further information later down the line when it comes to uh, what you want to be able to listen to and everything. So you can always go check us out on them. It'll be in the show notes. I've actually written up with most of the show notes, at least the at least basis of the show notes and everything so it's a lot easier on whatever platform you're on so rather a description or show notes when it comes to it so let's start off with the first topic so the uk election and our predictions of what is going on with it so let's just sort of go around and see what we think about the election and everything especially with uh, the current tory government inside of it it's reasonably political so if you want to move across to a, a further point in the episode i will try and put the chapters and everything so you can always skip ahead it kind of looks like it's going to be a flat out win for labor i mean what are they mabel you'll know this better than i do they're about what 20 points ahead in the opinion polls they do have a clear win right now, and I, you can hear it a lot in uh, various tabloids there where there's conservative ministers trying to say that they should swap leader again. So trying to ask if maybe swapping from Rishi Sunak, they'll have their new messiah of a leader to be able to keep themselves in the seat there as prime minister, but I just don't see it happening personally. No, I can't see it happening really because... Um, they're so behind in the opinion polls and all the polls that are coming out are talking about a Tory wipeout. I would be surprised if they wound up in like third place, came in behind the Lib Dems. I'd be surprised at that. Yeah, I mean, I haven't got a clue how it's going to go. I could totally see the inverse happening and just people still voting Tory because they can't think to do anything better. That's all they know. It's all they're good for, perhaps, so they just keep doing it. I I wouldn't want to say either way, uh, but it's it's the thing of a lot of people look at it as it's a less of two evils, but there's not much difference between either side. See, I I, I think it's the case of uh, more people from the the Tory party will definitely move across and hopefully vote for Labour and everything, especially knowing that they've turned around and. Uh, threatened like bigger dogs and things with with the uh, XL bully ban as well as that's been very unpopular. Yeah, that's been very yeah. unpopular, even with people that of course don't support trans rights in a way. The the only problem that we do have is obviously the other side of things is um, Labour's turned around lately and stated that they're pretty much not doing anything for trans rights or anything. They're turning around and like not really doing anything major, and they're not uh, planning on adding anything to their. Um, like the manifesto even further. If anything, they've taken away a lot of stuff, haven't they? Yeah, I think I think 
the best we can hope for is for the next four to five years they will leave us alone. And 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 that's probably the best case scenario at the moment is, yeah. is we're left alone and we're not being like this band, this band. In in the end of the day, the past year or so, culture we, wars. It, it is it is culture wars, but it's also the case of we've turned around and had so much hatred towards us, not only. Uh, from just random people that assist and don't understand it, but also from even other trans people and stuff, we we have shit thrown at us and uh, all the time. Not not always physically, fig- figurative, not always um figuratively uh, in a way. But it is the case of like there is a lot of stuff that uh, a ban here, ban there, and everything that's going on. It's hard to keep up what's going on in the UK when it comes to uh, what we're banned from next, uh, especially all the sports and things that we've been banned on through the past year or so. Um, it, the one sport I think we can actually do with the same policy as what they done many many years ago for the Olympics and stuff is like shooting. I think we worked out, wasn't it, Mabel? I, I think so. Yeah, for low level competitions, but we we pretty much just can't complete in the can't compete in the Olympics at this stage, which is a real shame. Not with the government necessarily, but it's a real shame to see that happen with trans people and sort of like British cycling and stuff like that too, which have had similarly bad uh rules at the moment they did it with angling as well didn't they yeah yeah angler fishing yeah and chess and chess and chess yeah yeah Yeah. if if we talked about every single band that we we had for the past year or something through sports uh, we're going to be here all day obviously but it is the case of it sucks that we're banned from sports and where a lot of the the thing is they've put it down to we want to be in certain bathrooms and we want to uh, obviously be in sports uh, I've never been really interested in sports maybe I'll do a sport here and there I've done table tennis in the past I, I, I've done uh, rifle shooting in the past and all that what you can do in the UK and things but it is the case of like it's not something that I've really wanted to do or get into professionally or, or, or anything like that I, I don't think most of us or even any of us are really interested in sports we're in, interested in keeping ourselves exercised but that's about it and it's hard to do that of course out and about if a People are not liking you and things. Yeah, I had a bad time in um, when I went to a gym in Southampton. Um, the cis girls made it quite clear they didn't want me in their changing room. Yeah. Um, so I've never been to a gym since. And that's one of the things that we, we hope to be doing, at least with ourselves and maybe even uh, pushing outwards because, well, we're the main four people for Transpride Southampton. Uh, we would like to be able to turn around and make it a, a safe space, even if it's once a week or once a month or whatever it is, uh, for us to be able to, of course, go and uh, go swim or go go um, like use the gym and things like that. Um, it's something that we're... we did talk about that, didn't we? Having a gym day, we, we yeah, have and, uh, four of us. Yeah, we yeah. we talked about it further a little bit today and everything because I I went over allers and things to be able to um, sort it out so that she can come join the podcast and everything. <laughs> Thank you, Sam. So, yeah, it's it's something that we would like to do, and it's definitely something that is needed more, especially across the UK and across America or anywhere else. Is is definitely we need more uh, possibilities for uh, like trans people and uh, non-binary people and things to be able to turn around and feel and have safe spaces and things. Um, And it's definitely, hopefully, going to happen. I think the thing we don't really realise, that we don't pay much attention to, is the fact that I don't think in the last few years the anti-trans legislation has not really been led by governments as such. Because you remember Theresa May was going to reintroduce the um, 
uh, Gender Recognition Act and make it so we could all self-ID. So it's not been pushed by government. It's really pushed by the media, the newspapers, BBC, pressure groups that associate with those particular newspapers. And so they set the agenda for the government. They tell the government what legislation they should push through. And then the Tories act accordingly. And I think until until we do something about the media in this country, which is so, so toxic and predominantly right wing, I don't I don't think we're gonna get much hope of any real significant change unless a government came out and said, No, enough of this nonsense, we're not gonna pay attention to it, we're just going to go ahead with trans rights. I I don't unless Unless something happens in the media landscape, I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. Yeah, unless there's a predominantly, like, you can't deny it's bad for trans people or, like, it is the case of, like, trans people are lovely or whatever. Like, unless it's a really pro-trans thing in the media that you can't swing any other way and people rather see that they have, like, their own agenda when it comes to the whole, like, media landscape and everything. Uh, I don't think people will be moving away from uh, at least mainstream media, uh, at least the older generation and things like that. A lot of younger generation like me, I I sit there through TikTok and I watch people talk about these bits of news and all that. And they'll even link sometimes to the um, original articles and uh, all that throughout other media and all that. And they'll even explain like this is not good for these sorts of people or anything like that. And that's really helpful for at least me and all that. And that's where I get a lot of my news. Um, well, I think a news. Well, so I think a name that a lot of us might recognise is Lucy Meadows. She was a teacher who came out as trans very, very quietly. Um, there, it was just in a school newsletter over Christmas that she'd be coming back as a different name and a uh, miss rather than uh, a Mister teacher. Um, of course, there. So, but following following that, following that very small newsletter there, some people just picked up on it and the press especially, they really, really singled her out. I was just looking it up online quickly to remind myself, but the coroner's inquest um, from the from the death of death does criticize the press for their handling of the story um according to the the guardian he said that um, she was singled out by the daily mail um as he accused the paper of ridicule and and humiliation so that was the coroner against what happened to lucy meadows i think they were going to the school and asking for parents opinions and and just trying to really make them say something that they could twist into some negative way yeah the the news have always been on it our way enemy in the uk you'll hear about um i think uh christine georgianison i think she was outed by the press um as was april ashley if that's right too i think she was outed as well the since since trans people really um in the modern day the, the press has just really been out for blood yeah. whenever they've seen us i think that comes down to simply uh controversy sales in the end of the day, you're going to turn around and read an article or watch something if it's the case of it's controversial. And that's where like media has got to, especially the news and stuff. So many times through the past like five, ten years, it seems to be getting more and more not only controversial, but also the case of like you're trying to drive up attention to all of these different things, especially across like social media and stuff. It's it's getting to a toxic environment. It's, it's becoming... Uh, 
not only like Twitter or, or now known as X or anything being a toxic cesspool of everything, but it's being leaked out to the rest of the internet and leaked out to even social media and stuff. It's definitely not helpful for the longevity of hopefully people online feeling comfortable uh, or they're feeling more comfortable to the point that they're hating each other at the current moment. That's that's what it is more than anything. And it's also not helpful for, of course, the next generation of people, because in the end of the day, we're not going to be the last generation, or I hope we're not the last generation. We're going to have the next generation of trans people. We're going to have the next generation of gay people. We're going to have the next generation of straight people. It doesn't really matter in the end of the day. So it is the case of we have to worry about that. And that's what we're trying to do with Trans Pride. It's not only turn around and fight for our own rights, but also the next generations. Looking out for the younger people too. There was one good thing I saw today when I went to the library to, to get my library card um, sorted. Um, was when I went there, I saw a Beyond Reflections um, poster, and and that was up just in the the, the signage area um, for for self help in the the library, and none of that was around when I was young. So hopefully that is helping the uh, the younger generation there. And of course, if you've not heard of Beyond Reflections before, they're a transgender charity who do a lot of good work locally. Okay, so that's enough for this section obviously uh one of the major things that i want to uh, to put into this section of talking about the uk elections and of course the political climate at the current moment uh what is our predictions at the current moment with the whole election in a while what, what we have obviously said that we wanted um the whole uh thing to be of course uh, a little bit more left-wing than tories and things uh, but it is the case of w when do we think this election will be? Because one of the major things is they get till like, was it January next year to be able to do this? So we got January twenty like fifth. January twenty fifth. I think it's going to be autumn. They said the election's going to happen though. I think and, it'll be November. Yeah, I, I I think the predictions so far is like October November for most people. At least yeah. from what I've heard, it's it, it'd be November. Yeah, it's obviously going to be... The thing is, you don't want to go too cold because that's when all the Tory uh, people who would go and vote for Tory it will just go, you know what, it's too cold. I, I can't be bothered to go out. So it's technically to our advantage if they do it later on in the year when it's colder because I'm sure plenty of trans people, plenty of people that are dog owners that don't want to deal with the XL bully ban and, and plenty of other people that have been screwed over by the Tories in the recent year or so are going to be out I'll there out and, and happy to be able voice. to line up. And, and get their yeah. voice in, so, yeah. I think the Tory vote's going to stay at home or it's going to vote reform. But I don't think that many Tories will vote reform. I think they'll stay at home. Yeah. Aoife? I mean, again, it could go either way for me. I wouldn't want to put my eggs in one basket either side. It It could be a case that either... Tories don't show up, they vote for a non-mainstream party instead of Labour, who knows, or they could just say, oh well, Starmer's better than the cavalcade of Tory Prime Ministers we've had, so we'll go for Labour. I don't know, I don't know, to be honest. So, yeah, that's basically what we think about the current elections and everything, as well as a few extra topics of, like, uh, what the political stance and everything with trans, like, rights and things are at the current moment. We'll move on to the next topic, what is the current state of education, what we think of it. Uh, I think I'm the youngest one here. Uh, I've just turned 22 today, so it's the case of... Um, uh, it's been a couple of years since I've been in education. Uh, I, I did go back at one point, but, <laughs> yeah. What, what, what does everyone think about the current state of education, especially towards trans rights and uh, non-binary people and things like that? Uh, 
what have you heard about everything? What's going on? Well, I read I read the Pink News article. I've read some of the Pink News article, and I've seen a number of um videos on social media, predominantly on YouTube, and it's just. I think my takeaway from the educational advice they gave the schools is they just want us in the closet. They want us to go through school not being out. It's like Section 28 when I was at school. Um, you can't really talk about it. It's an excuse for teachers to bully you. So why would you want to come out if a teacher's just going to use the wrong pronouns and dead name you all the time? It is just a. a a way of keeping the youth in the closet and hoping like section 28 did to some degree, it will keep them from coming out and transitioning at least until they're, well, I didn't until I was 28. So that's what section 28 did to me. It was not pleasant. I think that brings it on to like, as well, if it, you, you had section 28, but it was the case of you, you couldn't even have education of it or, or, or learn about it or could you? Um, no, obviously I I didn't draw, grow up in your generation or anything, but it is the case of it, it would suck even more if if they did have a similar thing to what like America's trying to do of a, a don't gay say don't say gay bill where you're not allowed to actually turn around and talk about gay people or trans people uh, non-binary people and stuff like that and and explore those areas because it would be good to explore those areas and see where we can get to when it comes to learn about like different like people exploring their gender and different people being able to be themselves um i believe they're trying to force uh they, they did put in something lately what they done not as a law because they weren't allowed to do it as a law because of um i guess it's it's affecting human rights or whatever but it was the case of uh, they tried to put in like restrictions for trans students as well as like uh, we suggest that you tell the parents and all these other things so what they did was they released some guidance about how to deal with transgender pupils and it was pretty much that you know they, they completely ignore any risk of outing a trans child that there could be um of course and just say right we have to get the parents involved and um, if uh, people comes out to you um the guidance was to say that you need to out them to the, their parents um and just see how that does to take matters there um you would need to seek a parent's approval before you could re respect a, a nickname a change of name um or a request to use different pronouns which in my opinion is just basic respect if someone asks you to use a different name um, or pronouns you don't need to worry about permission you don't need to worry about uh, a big thumbs up before you go ahead and do it if someone's asked you something just do it. Just just be nice. Um, but that's what the guidance is. Um, as you said, Sam, it's, it's not a law, of course. So hopefully there's going to be a lot of pro-trans teachers that won't be uh, following that guidance there because it's not very good guidance. But, yeah, it's really negative to see that from the government there. Yeah, well, yeah it's just a way to keep us in the closet. Yeah, it's, it's a way to keep us in the closet. Discriminates us. It's also the case of like it'll just be pushed further uh, to, towards like gay students and stuff like that. You'd have to out your gay students towards their family and stuff like that. Uh, there's plenty of gay people that I knew whilst I was growing up in in school and stuff like that. And to be honest, it doesn't really matter in the end of the day unless you're planning on being with them. And most people aren't. It's the case of like you don't really need to know. When it comes to trans people, it's a little bit different, obviously, because it is the case of like you're starting to grow out your hair and use use your pronouns and 
um, dress the way that you enjoy and all that. And those are all gender affirming care things. It's one of the things that they're also trying to remove lately is uh, stop gender affirming care in schools. So if you have long hair, they got to out you to your parents. And uh, that sucks if, if it is the case. And if a lot of teachers turn around and do it, it's, it's going to harm a lot of uh, young trans people uh, as well as possibly putting them in danger because it's, I've luckily had a uh, very supportive family and, and I didn't come out when I was younger anyway, but it was the case of, I'm sure if I did come out when I was younger, I'd have been supported all through my school stuff and uh, everything and they would have done everything because they still support me to this day. Is uh, I doubt all of you have turned around and had a very similar sort of situations where it's all been okay and your family has loved you and uh, no matter what sort of thing. I came out as trans when I was in school, but I wasn't supported by my parents. No, and um, I, I do, I do appreciate the way that it was handled a bit more in my school, though, compared to the the current guidance. I, I did come out to teachers um, and and to other students first, and um, just by changing my appearance, uh, the way that I dressed, for example, and the, I requested a different use of pronouns, but I wasn't made to. Uh, well, I wasn't outed. I I didn't hear that my parents knew the next day. Um, I was told from my uh, I was told from my head teacher that I did have to come out to my parents for safeguarding reasons, but they didn't try to do it for me. And when I when I did have to do that, they didn't. Uh, there wasn't anything negative from that. They they just led me to take my own time, and they wanted to speak to me after I did it just to make sure everything was okay. And, and, and yeah, compared to the current guidance, it's, it's just not good at all, really. We all deserve better. Yeah. I, 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 will, I will add this. <laughs> to what Mabel said, hoping that people won't necessarily pay attention to it and teachers won't. As we all know, I don't know if the audience knows, but they brought in new guidance for trans women, predominantly trans women in, in hospital, where they were suggesting that they wanted trans women to be put onto male wards. Um, as you girls know, that, yeah. yeah, as you girls know, I've been in hospital a, a couple of times over the last three months, and on both occasions, they were really good with me. And, um, when I was being wheeled out of majors to go up to the ward, I said to the nurse, Oh, are you putting me on a male ward? And he turned around and said, No, you're a trans woman, we don't care what the government says, you're going on a female ward. So there's a lot of people not paying attention to the, the, the guidance. It's, it's good knowing that people are paying attention to the guidance, but also then turn around and going against it because it, it definitely favors a lot more towards trans people and things like that, especially as like, we don't want to be the only ones that are turning around and saying like, hey, like stand with us and all this other stuff. Um, but when like cis people who, who of course not trans and everything, um, and m maybe haven't had to question their gender in a way. If they do turn around and do question us, obviously it is the case that we need to be able to understand what we're even saying. But it is also the case of turn around and realize, hey, by the way, like that's understandable what you're saying, and and like sort of at least listen to us because in the end of the day, uh, all we ask is for people to be able to listen and and hear about us and start trying to learn about us instead of turning around and just taking whatever random person who does not know anything about trans people, maybe haven't even encountered a trans person in their life, turn around and say, and this is what trans people are like, this is what they do, and uh, ignore all of the other trans like call outs and things like that. Just go with this one thing. And 
it, it's helpful to of course like learn about trans people from trans people and and people that interact with trans people obviously i think the problem we have is as a trans person uh, on the whole unless you have money if you don't have much money we're very much beholden to the state we receive our money from the government we receive our health care from the government we receive our access for us for particularly to hate things like hrt so when you have a government that is putting pressure on you and denying you services and limiting you to what you can do it's very difficult to break out of that circle because a lot of us are very reliant on the state to be able to transition in the first place. So this actually moves on to the last topic that uh, I was going to talk about, what was the closure of trans clinics in London and pretty much everywhere. There there's, seems to be a decent portion of uh, private clinics, uh, especially that are being closed. What sucks, obviously, like, like you were mentioned, it, we needs these clinics to be open if we do have money we can then go to those clinics and get surgeries such as facial feminization uh, feminization surgery as well as uh, being able to get bottom surgery or uh, chest surgery or anything like that it, it, it's the case that we can of course go to them and get all of that or we can even uh, can we go there for hormones or anything yeah i think so in some private clinics you can so, so obviously, because of all these closures and things, we rather have to go abroad to be able to, of course, do it. What costs even more sometimes to be able to, of course, get the plane tickets and stuff. Sometimes it's not, but it's also the case of we're risking ourselves by going abroad and we're not covered by most things, especially when it is a major surgery. Because don't get me wrong, it is a major surgery if you're getting any of these surgeries. It is life-changing and things like that. But for trans people, it's life-changing for the better, obviously. It's a lot of us need these sorts of surgeries and or at least have the opportunity to have these surgeries to be able to feel like we're able to carry on in life. And it's definitely very helpful. Um, most, I think most of us do purchase our HRT and everything from abroad and stuff. And if we didn't have that option, we wouldn't be as far as we are at the current moment. What, what would suck, obviously. So I'm lucky because I'm, I've gone through the NHS process. Um, but the first time, as you girls know, when I transitioned, I went private. I managed to get my GP at the time to turn the private prescription into an NHS prescription. But that was, you could only do that for so long until the NHS were like, you have to stop that. And so, and also the, 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 the psychiatrist I saw in London, for some of the older girls listening to this, Dr. Russell Reed, Uncle Russell, he was in the end forced out by the NHS because they didn't like his private practice. And when I think his name is Tom Curtis, Richard Curtis, the guy who took over from him, he's being restricted in what he can do. Yeah, it's, it's the thing. If they're being restricted, it, it, of course, you want to be able to, of course, have safe surgeries and things like that. And it, it, it does make sense. But it's also the case of it sucks when they're being restricted so much they can't even treat trans people and things like that anymore. It, it, it's the case of you're hindering the possibility of a lot of trans people being able to transition and have these surgeries that have been proven to be safe in other countries and things, especially even doing it so cheaply in other countries. Like, I've, well, Mabel would probably know a lot more than me because I, I don't look into it too much because I'm not looking into a bottom surgery or anything. But Mabel has looked into it previously, and I'm sure 
you lot have looked into it a lot more than me when it comes to uh, surgeries and prices and things like that. I think it's really bad that there is a, a transgender clinic closing down. Of course, it's, it's sad all the time uh, when the service goes that you that you need. But let's face it, there's not that many transgender clinics. So it really is bad uh, to hear about that shutdown. And it's a shame, of course, that there's not more NHS uh, sites either in the UK. I, I think for people in Northern Ireland, there basically just isn't support, any any support whatsoever there. And their, their best chance really is from travelling down from North an island to London to be able to to, to access um, a, any the treatment and that's if they were to go with a gender identity clinic but yeah for this it's... transgender sorry call Mabel it's okay but overall I just think it's bad for this transgender clinic in London to be closing down I think Mabel was right what she says I don't think there is one in Northern Ireland and I don't think there's one in the Principality in Wales either I know there's one being really opened up in scotland um yeah they've, they've recently had one open up what's really good but it means that we're we're traveling from all the way down southampton all the way up to scotland that takes like what's that over a day to be able to actually get up there if we've done a car journey uh, i don't think any of us drive so it would be the case of it will be trains after trains just to be able to try and get up all the way to scotland to be able to of course go and get an appointment or anything um, it's like uh, the Southampton General Hospital denied service uh, to me and uh, all that. I only want hormones from the NHS. If I can ever find an actual doctor that will turn around and prescribe me them, then that would be great. Um, and I'm going to have to go all the way to Bournemouth at like 9am when I do actually have my official appointment in a couple of months' time. But they delayed it already by like five months uh, when I was supposed to have it back in December. And it sucks that they keep on doing that. They keep on just de delaying and delaying and delaying. And it's why it's going to take so long for most people. I'm very lucky. And when I was on call with them talking about what I wanted and everything, I did mention that I'm not looking for surgery. I'm not looking for anything else. I'm just looking for hormones at the current moment. And that's, that's what I will want for two, three years till I turn around and decide if I want anything else. But it's the case of it. it it's what it is. It just sucks that more and more, like, doctors and uh, like places you can actually go for that with clinics and things are closing down because it, it would be helpful to have more and have more especially spread across the uk even if they're smaller because in the end of the day trans people are not just in london trans people are not just in scotland trans people are everywhere including in these countries that of course being discriminated upon and uh, all these other things it's, it just sucks that the uk and the us seem to be going backwards more than anything when it comes to trans healthcare and trans support and things like that. Am I right in saying that the idea was to close the Tavistock Clinic in London and make it more regionally based? I think that was supposed to be for kids. Is that just for kids? I think so, yeah, because they were they were closing down the centre. I'm just reading the BBC article about it now, actually, back in 2022, when the Tavistock um, Gids Clinic did close down, and they were going to have one in northwest of England, I think, yeah, so about Manchester way-ish, um, and then there was going to be another one reopening in London. Um, but I'm not too sure why Gids did close down in the end. I think it was a few different reasons. I, I don't know if either of you have heard more about that. It would make sense to make it more regionally based. I mean, just having a clinic in somewhere like Brighton would be so much easier than making us go all the way to London. Yeah, especially as it would be cheaper for us to be able to get there, obviously, because, well, we went to London Trans Prides last year and, and, and for their 10th year anniversary and things, and that was amazing. 
It was Brighton, not London. Oh, Brighton. Did I say London? Yeah. Yeah. So we, we, we went to um, Brighton Trans Brides last year. Um, and instead of spending like 80 plus pounds to be able to do like basically a, um, what, a two-way trip to London, it was the case of it was, what was it, like 30 pounds less than that for... Yeah, like we were staying over for like two two or so days, me and Mabel, and we stayed for pretty much the whole thing, and it was a uh, pretty good, but it was also the case of like it was reasonably cheap. What was even better, and knowing that they have a huge queer audience and things like that, um, with like just gay people and uh, lesbians and uh, ev- everything under the umbrella of of LGBTQIA uh, plus. It is the case of it would be it would make sense for like a, a trans clinic to open up over that and and start supplying people with with help and stuff. It would be really good. And then the problem we have is the government's just not making spending any money. So you've got mental health services, no money, crumbling service, trans healthcare, not that brilliant, not that many people want to do it, not that fu- many much funding, sexual health clinics oversubscribed not that many closing them down it it all runs into each other and when you have a government that restricts services shuts things down and sells them off you lose access to things you know what i mean i mean I think you're right it would be good to have somewhere in brighton or even in southampton me mabel have discussed this 10% 10% of the population, over 10% of the population of Southampton identifies on the queer spectrum somewhere. So it would make sense to have those sorts of facilities in the city for a large audience. That's the thing. We're, we're very lucky to have so many queer organizations in, in like Southampton, but none of us are like doctors or anything like that, obviously. So it's not like we can start our own clinic or do anything like that. It's the case of uh, we started Trans Pride Southampton, originally part of People's Pride Southampton, and we spanned off because of creative differences and wanted to focus on the trans community a lot more. And then we now connect with like Southampton Pride through for, for you, Ola. And then it's the case of like we also have like, other connections with like Current Art House, well, is is changing and, and adapting. There's People's Pride too. Yeah, there's loads of different organisations in Southampton. It really shows how queer we, we are as a city. And that's the thing, it's it's being called out for because people are accepting any sort of help or anything that comes in. We, we've, we've ended up collecting so many followers from Facebook and Instagram and aware and still have people talk to us pretty much daily at this point. And we don't even post daily to turn around and ask for help or uh, like want advice or anything. And obviously, we're not always the best people to be able to handle advice, but it's also the case of we can only speak from our own experiences. And to be honest, with four different people uh, or even being able to talk to the rest of the community and everything, it's very helpful because we can collect hundreds of people's experiences of what they've done through the past and what. And the lucky thing is we're also in contact with all the other trans prides in uh, the UK because uh, there's like a trans pl- uh, pride collective of people and things. Uh, what, what's great. And they're roughly based London, but it's the case of it's all over the UK what we can talk to just on a WhatsApp that we can just send off and see how it's doing and everything. And we can ask for advice and stuff. So it's definitely helpful, but it's we need a lot more things for trans people. We need a lot more things for queer people in general, especially as you were saying, Orla. 10% of the population, that's not a small amount. Of course, there's like less than, what's it, less than 0.1% or it's like less than 1% of them are going to be trans or at least in the population in general is going to be trans. 
Uh, so it is a lot less for our, like our audience when it comes to trans people and stuff. But it is the case of we're still part of the LGBT community. You can't help that. And it's definitely good when LGBT people support trans rights and fight for trans rights alongside us. Uh, because it's the only way that we're going to win. And it's the only way that we're all going to stay together and, and, and be the whole big LGBTQIA plus society. And that's what we need. I think, Sam, you might be underestimating it in the sense of the trans population in Southampton and non-binary. Because the census showed it was a bit higher, wasn't it? I, I, I think, I mean, just on anecdotal experience, I shouldn't say this, uh, people are getting into trouble, but when I go out in town, on a visit into town, maybe going to the bank or to the shops, nine times out of ten, I will see at least what I clock as two trans girls wandering around the city. In fact, there's one that I've noticed who I see her quite a bit. And we've got to the point now where we say hello to each other because there, there does seem to be a very... I mean, when we had Trans Pride last year, how many was there? It was about 300 of us. Three, 400, I, I think I clocked. Yeah. And most, most of them were from the city. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. We we had a lot of people from the city. It seems to be that we got, like, regular people and stuff. And uh, sometimes it was the case of, like, uh, some trans people were in town and they just joined along. And it's like, oh, trans pride's today. Okay, we'll, we'll come along. That's fine. We'll, we'll go do this for a couple of hours. It was great when we're doing our, our pride march and stuff like that. I think we need, uh, we're saying about a big banner this year so that we can actually show it off because... I got questions so many times whilst we're going through the march and everything. What's this marching for? What are we? Yeah. yeah, even though that we're screaming and shouting like trans rights and all this other stuff, it's the case of a lot of people were asking why. It's like, oh, it's for trans rights and why. And some of them were like, okay, and others were like, Ugh. and it's like, okay, that's, like we're marching through. In the end of the day, we're we're getting through. We'll be out of your hair in two seconds, sort of thing. It doesn't really matter. Um, it's the same as like we're in your life. We don't really care who you are if it's the case of you're turning around and being like annoying to us and where we're going to turn around to call it out but if, if you're turning around and going hey you're just a person in the end of the day we're going to want to talk to you more in the case of uh anything you, you're going to want more of the good things than than the bad things I just looked it up actually from the census back in 2021. So in Southampton, um, 1,633 people. So that's 0.8% aged 16 and over identifies themselves as a different sex from that registered at birth. Um, and then it goes on to say, just on the census data I'm looking at my phone, 0.15% uh, of people were trans women. Uh, and that's the highest ranking amongst um, other comparators, which is about 0.10% in the rest of England. And then it's about the same figure for trans men, again, 0.15%. Uh, and then there are 0.19% with other gender identities, so say non-binary, uh, gender fluid, gender queer, um, all of that jazz. So yeah, there is a lot of queer so people, especially with gender-related queerness in yeah. Southampton. Trans pride's a long time running, really. Does that also include uh, uh, intersex as well? Uh, no, I don't think that would be because it's that's not really sex registered at birth, where that was 0.80%. Okay. I don't uh, even think it was on the census either. I think really? if I remember rightly, on the census, they asked you specifically if you identified as trans. Yeah. 
and and that's the thing like not everyone is going to identify as trans even if you're non-binary and stuff it's the case of you you don't always identify as trans because e even though trans is an umbrella term not all non-binary people not all intersex people uh or, or who don't sort of go by their uh like gender by birth or whatever is the case of they're going to turn around to go yeah i'm under the trans umbrella and everything even though they technically do count as it, it being like gender fluid and things like that some people are like ah it's just a thing i feel occasionally or whatever and just put like I, i'm straight and like I, i'm male and all, all this other stuff or whatever and they just turn around and tick those boxes just so that they get it out because i'm pretty sure we had to do that as well it wasn't a case of like it was a hey if you want to do it you can do it it was a hey do this you otherwise had to do the census yeah otherwise you would have had a uh, legal issue in a way uh, some people might have of course it's a fine i'm pretty sure yeah, yeah misdone mis it because in the end of the day they're technically tracking how many of their of us there are what if, if we done it ourselves if we turned around and went hey by the way any um gender questioning or uh, like gender queer people in general like trans people non-binary people and all, all that if you turn around and just tell us th that you are and just tick this box and what we could technically get a num like a rough number obviously and i guess the uh, census would give us a better number because it's everyone but it is also the case of like there is going to be a lot of the people... census has a much greater span it's, yeah. it's going to be a lot of people that will be very scared of actually ticking that one box because it is the case of they're going to be sort of out of the, the government in a way. You're, you're turning around and putting it down on a piece of paper that, hey, It's the, the way first time they talked about gender and sexuality this time though, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was. So it's very eagerly awaited, those results. Yeah. Did Wasn't there something to do with the government about them? Were they not too sure about the numbers? The government asked them to... The government asked them to go away and reassess it because they did not trust their numbers. And the the um the census people came out and said these are correct. We do trust our numbers. We're not worried really going over it. Yeah, it, never know. In in the future, we'll we'll probably have another census, and it will probably change a lot. Especially as the next one's next year, isn't it? No, it's every ten years. Okay, so oh, every 10 okay. years so that's uh was that 2031 it'll be yeah if it's uh, 2021 it, it was done um yeah. or maybe it, to be honest it might have been pushed back by a year might it because of 20 it might have been because of covid but i can't remember off the top of my head yeah. i'm sure if i remember rightly the census year always falls on the one digit in the decade okay so yeah it would make sense 20 uh 2031 would be the next one obviously then um, and the thing is, wasn't there like a decent portion of people that came out just after um, 2020, of course, the pandemic and everything? And uh, yeah, of course, that broke a lot of people's minds and things, not always for the better, but it was the case of like a, it made mental health uh, be a more of an issue. What is, of course, uh, the NHS is struggling now a lot more than it was like five or so years ago. Well, yeah, it would have been five years ago. Um, so it's the case of like they're struggling a lot more than usual, even though they were struggling originally. And it's also the case of a lot of like trans and non-binary people and things sort of came out after that point. Obviously, like uh, mine and Mabel's generation might have realized when they were becoming adults, sort of thing. Um, but it's also the case of like a lot of people sort of realized, especially due to uh, at least it, from what I've noticed, is a lot of people watch like Bo Burnham's Inside and realize they're not comfortable in their skin. So Max from Beyond Reflection was talking to me at Pride, Southampton Pride, last year when we were doing the stall. And he said, yeah, what's happened is a lot of people have spent lockdown sitting at home reassessing their lives 
and have come out as trans and have realised what they've already known. It's just that lockdown gave them the time to go through everything in their head. It's fresh from distraction. And he said, there are so many people coming to us now asking for advice and guidance. So, yeah, I think I think lockdown did do it for a lot of people as well. It was a time that, like, for the first time in a long time, some people might have been not working or not in school or not doing anything for quite a few months. And that's probably what done it more than anything. Uh, give me a second. I'm just going to... Just gave people a break. Yeah, it, it just gave people a break and it allowed people to be able to mess around and uh, do things uh, that they might want to do. It's like a lot of YouTubers and things or TikTokers, like a lot of people were using TikTok at the time and all that. It is the case of a lot of people who have uh, been able to discover uh, themselves a lot more and, and rather make a career out of it where they've turned around and went, oh, I really like creating videos and podcasts and all these other things and all that. There's so many podcasts that come up on my... Uh, for you page occasionally i just scroll through all of it and it's like something i don't like some of it i might listen to later and everything but it is the case of like a lot of people have been able to not only make careers from like uh everything but it's also the case of uh they have questioned themselves so many times like, i was questioning throughout the whole thing of uh, if if i was uh gender fluid originally and i came out as gender fluid shortly after the pandemic was over and i was moved out and everything and and i just explored that for a little bit and then uh eventually i came out as trans and uh, went hey look i'm trans and everything and, and i knew that i've been questioning for many many years but it was the case of uh, obviously in my mind i i was trying to block it and trying to stop myself from realizing or researching or doing any of these things that i should have done a long time ago yeah so it was really a a big chance for people to be able to assess themselves i it's funny i've not done as much baking i've not made as many cakes or brownies since the first lockdown in 2020 because the only chance i'd get to go outside would be to go and get the ingredients and then i just needed something to do for a few hours so i think a lot of people did have more chances to assess themselves and express themselves um as well there but in other ways too, um, it, it doesn't really surprise me that uh, Southampton does have such a queer community. We've we've got a really rich local queer history, and um, all of that might be something you know a wee bit about too. Um, for um, LGBT History Month. Uh, next month in February I, I've set up a lot of posts that are about local queer history so it's like how the Beaumont Society was formed in Southampton about Sodent Switchboard because that got callers from like all the way down to the Channel Islands up to Andover so that was a really big um, support network of, uh, for a helpline um, for queer people and then there was Solent Pride back in 1991 and 92 and that was a two week Pride event Imagine what you could get done in two weeks. Um, yeah, so, so we really have had a really big queer history there. So it, it's no surprise that we're still so queer now. It's because we're a port city. Port cities traditionally are quite queer. I mean, all you got to do is look through the court records from Portsmouth and Southampton. There are men who are getting done for impertuning, you know, cottaging and stuff like that. It's just, it's nuts. It's nuts. The, the myth about sailors is not a myth. <laughs> <laughs> At least from your experience. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's not a myth. Um, Churchill said it, rum, sodomy, and the lash. It's very much when you've got men cooped up on a ship for 
days at a time. <laughs> I think this sort of circles us back around. It's it's kind of weird that it's knowing that like Richie Sunak, who's of course our current prime minister in a way, of course unelected and things, is so against at least like trans people and stuff like that, and seems to be at least so against like queer things in general. It seems very strange because he, he he comes from Southampton in in a way, and we at this point we don't want to really claim him because it is the case of like he's nothing like most the the, the people around here, and um it is the case of like he he seems to have somehow fallen down a path that is a uh, so anti trans anti everything, and it it kind of sucks because it would have been cool too to much have... private education. That's what does it. I don't know if he's. Yeah, I don't know if he's trying to... He might just be trying to pander to a certain part of the electorate and the base of the Tory party that he has to appeal to. Remember, he's a leader the party didn't want. Yeah. The membership of the party didn't want him. It was the MPs that wanted him. He's not popular with his base, predominantly because he was seen to stab Boris Johnson in the back. And he's British Asian. And there are a lot of conservative members who are pretty racist. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. They seem to be doing a lot of, at least, basic in, in like, at least looking at it, very racist uh, positions in, into trying to get people out of the country and, and trying to do all these things to be able to stop people from being able to come and work in the country, especially for the NHS and stuff like that. Uh, they set their price lately at... Was it like twenty eight thousand or something, or twenty six thousand? They ended up. Yeah, no, it's twenty eight thousand. Yeah, so they they were saying supposed to be like thirty two thousand, but they they slowly lowered it. But but that's they got told they couldn't do it. Yeah, yeah, that that's still over our average, uh, like basic wage for most people. So it is the case of you're going to have to be in a really good job and guaranteed that money straight away before you can can even move here. And they even made it so that you can't even move your family. Bring your family in either. Yeah, no. You can't move your family. What means that you you're basically sending the money from here back to your family so that they can live and stuff again. So it it definitely sucks what they're doing, and I, I hope it definitely changes with the next election and things. It, it'll be actually one of the first times that I'm actually voting because I uh, I have to sort out ID and all this other stuff to be able to of course do it. You know, I didn't have ID for so many years, and you have to go online and do all these other things and where they really screwed it up because you had to do all the ID stuff and everything. Um, but it was it was a Tory. I think policy, it scared it? a lot of people with the. It was definitely a Tory policy because it was like last year it was first implemented. I think they do. I think they have scared a lot of people off, at least with the councillor election last year. But it is actually surprisingly quite easy to get a voters' authority certificate because I managed to do it last year uh, for my own one. So that's um, it's a free certificate you can get by contacting the electoral register with your appropriate photograph and just your address and name, date of birth. And then you take that down because it's all printed off in a piece of paper to the, um, what's it called when you register where you vote somewhere? Polling Electoral station. office, registry office. Oh, polling station. So, polling station. Yeah, you go to the electoral register to or, or office to, to get the form or certificate and then you take that to the polling station to be able to vote. So it's definitely easy, but they've scared a few people off, I think. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. It's it's not easy to always purchase ID. It's, it can be expensive, especially if you need to change name and things, being trans and stuff. I, I technically have ID, but it's in my dead name. It means I can't actually use it because I was supposed to turn around and change my IDs and do all these things. Um, because when you do a depot, you're supposed to like 
pan around and go, I'm never going to use this name again. I'm uh, also get rid of my uh, prefix and things of Mr. to use Miss and all this other stuff and all that. It's almost like a threatening letter saying, no, you, you can't do that. Um, was was kind of nice in some ways because, of course, it, it does mean that you can turn around and claim, like, look, I don't go by that name anymore. Um, legally, I've signed this document that turns around and says I'm not allowed to use that name anymore. Um, so don't use It's it. easier than changing your name in America. Yeah. You've got to get a judge to approve it in America. God, that would that would be a hassle, especially trying to pay for the fees for that, yeah. but also turn yeah, around and, and, and get a court date. That that would be insane to be able to do. Think about how much you have to wait for a GP at the current moment for non-trans related things, let alone like trying to do anything else, such as uh, get a judge to be able to change your name. But yeah, I think that basically wraps us up for today. Uh, how often are we doing this podcast? Does anyone know? Once a month. Once a month. So we'll be trying to record these at the we'll be trying to record them at the end of the month and be able to release them rather right at the end of the month or the beginning of the next month and everything. So this one's recorded on like uh, end of January and we'll be trying to release it hopefully by the end of January. Um, I've got like a couple of days before the actual ends to be able to edit it and do all of it and we'll be posting it on uh, not only Spotify, uh, iTunes, all of the your normal hosting providers, but we'll also be posting this on our YouTube channel to be able to mess around. So if you're watching this on YouTube, great. If you're not, if you want to be able to actually watch us sit here and talk, uh, because we do have our cameras on and everything, you can come check us out at youtube.com forward slash at Southampton, And you can come watch us whilst uh, doing everything. We're probably not going to show any visuals or anything. It's just us talking in, in like a circle area I, I don't know what it is I'll, I'll i'll see the visuals when i get to it but yeah thank you Sam. very much yeah Sam, where can they find everybody at oh uh does everyone want to be able to share their um whole social media and everything if i know if, if you want to be able to come check us out at Transpride southampton you can come check us out on facebook or instagram at Transpride southampton so if you want to come check us out on them, then obviously come check us out on them. I'll leave it in the show notes anyway. And any other people's socials that they want to be able to share so that you can go check them out, I'll try and leave in the show notes as well. So let's go through. Uh, if we go with you, Aoife. Uh, um, maybe, but we can chat about that more and see what we think. Okay, so you'll you'll give me your your possible things that you want in the show notes. Okay, that's fine. That'll be in the show notes if Aoife does turn around and say anything. Mabel, where where they can where can they find you? Oh, you can find me on Instagram, preferably. So my username is Mabel underscore of underscore Southampton on Instagram. So I'll put that in the show notes as well. Orla, uh, you can find me at Lenny underscore Auckland on Instagram or Orla on Instagram, and my YouTube channel is Orla Scory Auckland on YouTube. If you send that through to me, then I can. Uh put it on the show notes uh, if you want to be able to find me on any of my social medias and all that it's always at sam xavier i'm on youtube i'm on facebook i'm on well facebook's a little bit different but at least uh you can find me on instagram and youtube uh by those names so if you want to come uh talk to me i'm rather on instagram or i'm on youtube if you want to come check me out and everything so yeah thank you very much for listening if uh you want to come check us out for the next one don't forget to subscribe as well as turn around and give us five stars if you're on any of those platforms that allow you to be able to do five stars because it actually boosts it a little bit further and hopefully you can find a new trans person that might enjoy it. Right. All good. Bye. Lovely. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.